All right, guys, it's the Cyclone Fanatic Instant Reaction Podcast presented by Carl Chevrolet. If you're looking to buy a newer pre-owned vehicle, Carl Chevrolet and Ankeny Carl Chevrolet of Stewart are the spots. Check them out, carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com. If you're not trying to get out to one of their lots at Exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny off I-35 or out in Stewart just west of Des Moines on I-80. Iowa State with a 81-79 loss to TCU in overtime down in Fort Worth to open Big 12 play. A couple different uh, takeaways that I've got from this game. Some positives, I think, that you can take away, even though it was a frustrating game and it sucks that the Cyclones lost the game in the end. I do think that there are some positives to take away from this. Um, And then there's obviously some pretty severe negatives uh, I think that are, are just things that probably at the end of the day are just going to continue to be problems throughout the entire season. Uh, one positive that I'm going to throw out there is Tyrese Halberton continues to be uh, the one of the best players in college basketball without an absolute doubt. Uh, if Iowa State was a better team, at least a better team than what they've shown to be so far, I mean, it, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who has been better in the Big 12 than what Tyrese Halliburton has so far this season. Today, a triple-double, 22 points. Uh, pulling the stats back up. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists to go along with three steals, only two turnovers. Oh, and he played 45 minutes. One game after having to sit out because of a sprained wrist. That dude's a warrior. Dude's a baller. There's a reason that he is going to be making a lot of money very soon playing the game of basketball. This game is is one of the is a perfect example of why. Um, if, if you've got five Tyrese Halliburton's on your team, you're winning a national championship. Tyrese Halliburton is a is a dog. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think another thing you can take away too, George Condit tonight proved why he should have been in the starting lineup already. If you don't put him in the starting lineup after this game. Uh, then we're going to have to have a very serious conversation. But uh, 31 minutes tonight for George, uh, 19 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 7-11 from the free throw line, made some huge shots down the stretch for Iowa State, 6 rebounds. would like to see that number maybe be a little bit higher, but uh, it wasn't really detrimental by any means. Uh, one blocked shot, like I mentioned, 31 minutes tonight for Mike – or for George, excuse me. Uh, both – the points and the minutes are career highs for George Condit. If he is not the starting five-man for Iowa State on Tuesday when Kansas comes to town, which we'll come back to, uh, then there's something very seriously wrong. I think that that's just that's I'm I'm going to put it simple and I'm going to I'm just going to flat out say it. If he is not the starting big man for Iowa State on Tuesday when the number three team in the country comes to Hilton Coliseum, then something is very very wrong. That's it. Like I said, we'll come back to that game. Uh, another positive, um, Prentice Nixon. I think Prentice played one of his best games of the entire season today. It, it was by far one of his most efficient. Um, I think you could tell that somebody got into Prentice's ear a little bit and made sure that uh, – or, or helped him uh, open his eyes a little bit to maybe the way that he had been playing as of late. Uh, he finished with 12 points, 5 of 7 from the field, just 1 of 1 from three-point range. Wasn't forcing things offensively. I think he was considerably better defensively than what he has been. Uh, that's the kind of game that you need to see from Prentice Nixon if Iowa State's going to be a team that's going to compete in the Big 12. 
that was uh, that was a lot closer to the Prentice we need to see. And, and I think that that's something. If he can continue to carry that forward, uh, then then Prentice could have a very good run here through through Big Twelve play as, as a better than average role player uh, in in Big Twelve. And I mean, I said it on Thursday night on the radio show. You know, Prentice was really struggling, man, and he. He, there needed to be kind of a reflection point of it's like, all right, it's time to make a change in the way that I'm playing the game. He did tonight. Uh, this was that I'm proud of Prentice because that was a, like I mentioned, I think that was one of his best games that he's played so far this season. Uh, last guy to score in double figures for the Cyclones was Rashir Bolton. Five of 10 from the field, one of one from three, six of six from the free throw line, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal in 39 minutes. I thought Rashir's minutes were pretty good. Uh, I think that he's the one who was probably impacted the most, maybe outside of George, uh, by Kevin Samuel, the TCU center, who uh, finished with six block shots. Cyclones were just 9 of 20 on layups at the rim. I mean, we all know that Rozier is at his best when he's playing downhill going towards the rim. I mean, when you got a guy in there that's blocking shots at a, at a very high level, uh, that that's obviously very difficult, especially with a guy that's Rozier's size. And um, I, I still think that he played pretty well. It was good to see him attacking and playing downhill. I think that Tyrese being out there obviously helped out that in a, in a, in a little bit. The negatives. I mentioned before, I think there's some very big negatives that come out of this game. Uh, negative number one, the pick and roll defense in the first half of this game. I don't know that I've ever seen it worse for any team. Any team. My team at Simpson might have been better guarding the pick and roll than what this one was and anybody that ever watched that team would tell you that that's a a lot to say uh i don't know how many dunks kevin samuel got in the first half off of that i'm looking at it at the statistics now they had six dunks in this game i'm willing to bet at least five of them came in the first half off of pick and rolls atrocious that i don't think atrocious is even a, a harsh enough verb or a harsh enough adjective for how bad Iowa State's pick and roll defense was it has to change this is what teams are going to do to Iowa State one plus I think they made an adjustment in the second half it was considerably better but the adjustment that unfortunately I think that Steve Prohm was forced into making is that Mike Jacobson and Solomon Young both hardly played in the second half of this game Solomon Young played two minutes two minutes in the second half Mike Jacobson played seven minutes I think they finished the game with the same lineup basically after the 13-minute mark of the game. Neither one of them went back into the game. They can't play together. That's, I will say it again, those two guys through the rest of this season should not play another minute on the floor together. And I mean, it's especially against a team that's going to attack them the way that TCU did. What was Iowa State's big problem in the first half with the pick and roll? I think that you can look at both of those guys and probably pin a lot of it on that. This cannot happen again. I said it before about George Condit. If he is not the starting big man for Iowa State on Tuesday when Kansas comes to town, there's a problem. If Mike Jacobson and Solomon Young play an extended amount of time on the floor together again this season, there's a problem. It didn't work. End of story. The experiment did not work. It has not worked. It will not work. The two guys do not work together on the floor. They just don't. If you want to play George Condit big minutes, you want to play him 31 minutes in a game, that's awesome. George Condit has earned that. 
you can use Mike Jacobson as a guy to send out there and spell him a little bit. I think Mike can give you 15 minutes off the bench for those four, for whoever uh, in those scenarios. I think Solomon can be solid for you in 15 minutes. Would they? Uh, I'm gonna see what they each played for the entire game. Mike played 22. Solomon played 14. I like, and the thing with Solomon's playing 14 is almost all of those probably came with him and Mike together on the floor. They cannot be on the floor together anymore. If they're going to be out there and they're going to be out there with another big, it needs to be George Condit. End of story. And I think that it's time to to get Mike Jacobson back to playing primarily at the five. He cannot be a featured part of this offense anymore. He cannot knock down shots consistently enough. No one is going to guard him. And I think that this was another game that exemplified that. I was wrong. I will admit I was wrong on this on this entire deal with with playing the two with playing Mike Jacobson at the four. Didn't work. Not going to work. Time to punt on it and say we messed up. Uh, other things that I think you can take away as, as negatives. Um, TCU knocks down 51% from three-point range. Not a shock. TCU is a good three-point shooting team. I wrote about that in my preview going into the game. doesn't surprise me that the Horned Frogs knock down shots against a team that defends the three-point line as poorly as Iowa State does. Uh, but when you get a guy in RJ Nembhard, Nembhard who goes six of eight from three after shooting 25%, that, I think that shows you how bad Iowa State is at, at defending the three-point line. But the one that is just completely unacceptable, and I already saw that Steve Prom addressed this in the post-game media, is when there's less than 10, 10 seconds on the clock and you're trying to win the game in regulation and – your coach in the huddle, according to what Steve Prohm said, your coach in the huddle tells you to foul uh, in a foul or defense situation, and you do not execute it. You do not execute it, and you allow a guy who was at that time, I think, uh, he probably knocked down four three pointers or something like that. What did he knock down in the second or in an overtime? He's one for two, so he was five of six, five of six from three, or five of. Four of five from three before that shot. You allow him to get open. Man, it's RJ Nembhard's day. And you allow that guy to get open, to knock down a shot, to tie the game and send it to overtime. That's mental. Mental. It's got nothing to do with ability. Nothing to do with it. That is about executing the game plan. That's about executing what you are told to do. That's about executing in one of the most in the most important moment of the game. I think at that moment. I had a hard time seeing Iowa State win that basketball game at that point. I mean, it's, that's, I think that was just a, a fact. You had overtime still, but I, I was really just thinking, man, there's, this is going to be tough to win this game. And they didn't win the game. you got to execute in the most important moments. Like I said, that's mental. Mental. This is not a skill thing. I think at the end of the day, this Iowa State team is not very talented offensively. They just aren't. I thought that they shot the ball or they took shots a lot better they picked their shots a lot better in this game finish out 44 percent from the field but they went two of six in overtime so not great by any means but it seemed like there was a lot fewer stupid shots the fact of the matter is that they just aren't that talented at shooting the basketball so when you're not that talented shooting the basketball not that many shots are going to go in doesn't matter how good of shots that they are 
So I think that that's a positive, but it comes down to the other end where Iowa State has to continue to improve defensively. And I've talked about this I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times. It's a mentality. It is a mentality where you have to be – you cannot come into a game and say, we are going to grind it out and we're going to beat teams on the defensive end. You can't come into a game thinking that, oh, that's just – all right, we're going to play defense today. No. You live that mentality. You go into every day with that mentality, every day in practice. We're going to beat people on the defensive end. We're going to be junkyard dogs. We're going to beat people up. We're going to punch you in the mouth. Not literally, figuratively. Punch you in the mouth on the basketball floor. And you have to play an offensive style that fits that better. Iowa State's getting there. They were a lot closer to that today than I thought that they had been previously this season. But the fact of the matter is, they're still not good enough on defense. They got to keep working. They got to keep working on it. And if they do, then I think that there's some wins that can come here down the road. I think there are. And I'm not trying to say that as a scapegoat. I just, that's what I think coming out of this game. And I don't think that this was a disaster by any means. Were there bad points? Absolutely. But this did not look like the same team that I watched on film from Wednesday night. Obviously, getting Tyrese Halberton back helps. But I mentioned before the, the deal with Prentice Nixon. Prentice was a lot better than what he has been so far this season. If we get that Prentice Nixon every night the rest of the year, that is a major positive. Prentice is a guy who will be a plus, a plus player for the, throughout the rest of the year. Um, and I, I just it, it's got to continue to improve on the defensive end. And, I, and I, I mentioned it before. I think that if you go to playing George a lot more, you know. I don't know what your counter. I don't know how you kind of counteract that. What your your next moves are? Trey Jackson played a lot tonight. The sad fact of the matter is, at this point, Trey played 17 minutes. Um, Zion Griffin played 37 minutes. Oh wait, that's not him. Sorry, Trey Jackson played 28 minutes. Sorry, I was looking at TCU. Uh, I was like, I was like, whoa. There's no way Zion Griffin played 30, 37 minutes. Uh, no, Zion Griffin played five minutes. Caleb Grill played three minutes. I mean. If Trey Jackson is going to be your fifth guy, and I thought Trey played really well on the defensive end tonight for the most part. Uh, he was active, which is a positive. But, man, Trey's got knocked down a shot, man. I don't know what Trey's shooting from three this year, but holy cow, it ain't good. It really is not good. Um, and, you know, I, I thought Zion was fine. He only played five minutes. But uh, I think if you can get to where – you can play without those two bigs at the same time. You get Trey out there, get him playing well defensively. Um, you know, maybe if you can get Zion worked out there. He was 0 for 2 from the field, five minutes. You know, I think he plays active, uh, but he's got to be active on the boards as well. Then I think that that's something else that you can do. But I mean, I think the big one, George Condit, has to start moving forward so far this season um, if they're going to continue to improve defensively, and they've got to be better on defense because this offense just is uh is not very good outside of Tyrus Halberton. I mean he's he is your offense at this point, which obviously we learned on Tuesday against Florida A and M. Now, looking ahead to this week, big week, huge week for the way that the rest of this season is going to go. Um, starts Wednesday night with a huge game that's going to be on ESPN Plus. Uh, by the way, I'll say. I know that Chris put it out on Twitter. I think it's on the Cyclone Fanatic Twitter as well. And you, I think you can find it on the Cyclone Fanatic forums. There's a link where if you're still 
going to sign up for ESPN Plus ahead of Wednesday's game, you can use that link and you'll be helping out Cyclone Fanatic as well as signing up for ESPN Plus. So maybe consider that if you like what we do here at Cyclone Fanatic. That, that's through ESPN Plus. I We'll talk about the links on, on our podcast and stuff this week. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but uh, you can find that on the Cyclone Fanatic forums and I, I know you can find it on Chris's Twitter. Uh, Got the Kansas Jayhawks coming into town. They get, came back to win against West Virginia on Saturday to open Big 12 play. Number three team in the country. Um, they'll probably be the number three team in the country still going into this game. Uh, I'm just going to flat out say probably not going to win that game. Probably not going to win that game against against Kansas. But at least you get them at home. You know, Maybe you can make a little bit of a run at it uh, and, and give, it a, give them a good basketball game. And... Uh, at least make it a tough one this team we saw tonight they're not going to beat kansas but they'll at least make them sweat a little bit i think effort's got to still got to ratchet up a little bit the intensity still has to continue to ratchet up but if they can get that done then i think that that could be a pretty fun game in hill and coliseum wednesday night uh 7 p.m tip like i mentioned espn plus you can find that link on the cycling fanatic forums but i mentioned before it's a huge week wasn't really even talking about Kansas. Obviously, Kansas is always going to be a big game, but I think the biggest game of the week comes on Saturday with Oklahoma coming to town for a 7 p.m. tip on ESPN or ESPN2. I'm sure that they'll announce that here uh, in the next couple days. Um, the Sooners are a team that I think Iowa State can beat. Obviously, they got Christian Doolittle. They got Manning, got a couple other guys uh, that are solid players. But this is a game in Hilton Coliseum that I think Iowa State can win. If you continue to grow this week, you continue to have a good week of practice, then, and you and you continue to take strides in some of these areas that I've talked about so far on this podcast, uh, then that is a game Iowa State can win. If you lose that one, you start 0-3 in Big 12 play, and then the next week you go to Baylor and to Texas Tech, man, you're staring down the barrel of 0-5 to start Big 12 play. I do not want to be in that position. I know nobody wants to be in that position. Those are two games that the Cyclones, at this point, probably are not going to win. And uh, if you can win that game against Oklahoma, um, then you go on the road for those two tough ones. I mean, even then, you might be one and four, but hey, at least you're, you know you can get one under your belt. And then you got Oklahoma State coming to town on the 21st uh, before you go on the road to, to Auburn. But I think that that game against Oklahoma is a huge one for the tone of the rest of this season huge and but obviously it still all starts Wednesday night with the Kansas Jayhawks coming to town so a little bit longer instant reaction podcast tonight I had a lot of things that I wanted to say about that game some I mean I I do not feel doom and gloom about this I mean I think that there were positives to be taken away I think there were obviously some negatives but some things that are correctable you know and I, I think that you do you did maybe see them take some strides in in one direction and or in, in some directions and uh, and I think you saw maybe some answers to some questions that we had going into into the weekend. Um, and at the end of the day, it's always good to have one of the best point guards in all of college basketball, maybe one of the best players in all of college basketball, in Tyrese Halberton. I mean, the dude is a the dude is big time, and it's it's nice to have him on the side in Cardinal and Gold. All right, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Uh, talk more hoops. Um, and, and we'll have a, have a big week leading up to Wednesday night against the Jayhawks in Hilton Coliseum. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet for being the presenting sponsor. 
of the Cyclone Fanatic Instant Reaction Podcast this winter. Carl Chevrolet, carlchevrolet.com. And everybody have a great rest of your Saturday night.